0: Interviews, storylines, updates, and conversation are on the way from Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona. This is the Radio Row Review on 92 WICB Ithaca.
1: It's day three here in Phoenix, Arizona at Radio Row as we bring you another show with some fantastic guests. I'm your host, Dane Richardson. We got Scott Graham and Kay Adams coming up, two of the more powerful voices in sports media right now as we introduce... My three friends at Radio Row and classmates, Matt Sossler, Nick Lebrano, and Jaden Becker. Before we get into your favorite parts of the day, Jaden, Matt, I want to start with you. Scott Graham, what wisdom did he give you?
2: Sometimes it's about being in the right place at the right time, and it goes for many reasons. Whether that's when you meet somebody for the first time and getting a connection, or whether that's when it's applying for a job and just being in the right opportunity. Uh, he uh, definitely outlined that to us and that's what they really appreciated.
1: And you'll hear Scott Graham with Jaden and Matt in, in just a moment. Matt, what about you? Some of the things you learned from Scott?
3: I just learned some great advice because you're talking to a guy who has made it to the pinnacle. He's going to be calling pre app and post for the Super Bowl on Sunday mm. and every bit of wisdom that he was able to share from how he was able to get his start in Philadelphia, dating himself a little bit with how he mailed out his resume to just being able to <laughs> persevere get to the top and then how to stay at the top and the storytelling aspect of the discussion was one that really resonated
1: and Nick and I we're going to mention later in the show another guest we're not going to say who it is but we got to talk to a Super Bowl champion one that made a pretty memorable play so how was it talking to that Super Bowl champion
0: Talking to that Super Bowl champion was such a cool opportunity, man. You know, coming into Radio Row in general, you don't know who you're going to bump into, but exactly. getting to talk to people that not only have been to the Super Bowl before but have won it is is something that you don't get to do very often. You know, these people, they're, they're literally celebrities, uh, including making one of the most memorable catches, one of the most memorable plays in Super Bowl history. Uh, that was a really exciting one to catch up with him, and I think... A lot of people in New York gonna be really happy about who we're talking about.
1: Don't get don't get your hopes up too much. We did not get Eli Manning, but um, a, a Super Bowl champion with a memorable play that you'll hear later in the show. And got a few more minutes before we get into the rest of our Radio Row review show. And let's talk a little bit about the big game, right? I feel like not enough people. We we've been asking so many people about Super Bowl 57. Well like to share what we think a little bit. J- really Jaden, Jaden, yeah, Eagles Chiefs. You got a few minutes. Let's start with your take a little bit. Go any way you want with this bud.
2: Well, always I, I always look at it from a fantasy football perspective cuz that is my bread and butter, of right? Course. My peanut butter and jelly, right? But It's so much more than that at this point because at this point in the season everything that happened in the regular season is out the window. Everything that happened even in the last few weeks in the playoffs is out the window. We talk about injuries, talk about uh, is this person healthy? Is this person going to be at 100%? Will they be able to play at the best of their ability? And I think that all that, throw that all out the window, man, this is the biggest opportunity for many of these players' careers. They get to sit at the top of a mountain and you want to talk about storytelling. Mm -hmm. The the amount of, uh, of stories that go into this game, whether that's the Kelsey brothers, whether that is the uh, uh, the Mahomes Hertz matchup, all of that and more, it, it's really exhilarating. Uh, I got a question for you, Nick. I, I, who do you think is going to have a better performance at the Super Bowl? You think it's going to be Mahomes or Hertz? You
0: know, how do you bet against Patrick Mahomes? Oh, here I, we go. How do?
1: You, here we go.
0: I'm gonna I'm going somewhere with this though. Surprised
1: you haven't I, tied Aaron Rodgers into it yet, Nick. <laughs>
0: When does he ha, play le- today? Legitimately. <laughs> when does he play today? He doesn't play. He's, oh. he's going on a four-day darkness retreat. But <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, how do you bet against someone, you know, who comes out on a, sp- a, high, a high ankle sprain against the Cincinnati Bengals and still beats one of the what could be the best offense okay. in the entirety of the NFL. But to, to that point. Jalen Hurts could have a better day than Patrick Mahomes for the fact that he, he is going to be guarded by the best offensive line in the NFL. Exactly. And I think that matters. You know, they Not only do the Eagles have the best offensive line in the NFL, they also might have the best defensive line in the NS- NFL, which if they get through, the Chiefs' offensive line could harass Mahomes. I told you I was going to get somewhere with it, mm-hmm. but if Jalen Hurts gets the proper blocking, I think Jalen Hurts goes out with the better – with the win, has the better play, and gets the Super Bowl MVP. Well,
1: guess what happened in the Chiefs' last Super Bowl? The Bucks' defensive line got to him, and we don't know how good that ankle is. It's not 100%. He, Patrick Mahomes has gone on to say that, and, and if he's scrambling around too much, which I think he will, I mean, you got Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. So many people have talked about the talent of that Eagles' defensive line, and the, it's going to be a game in the trenches. Who wins the line of scrimmage? I don't want to use the word on paper, but everything points... Toward the Philadelphia Eagles. And I guess you could just ask for a prediction. I'm going Philadelphia. And I, minus seven, like minus seven and a half. I think they'll win by
3: more than one score. Uh, and, and Matt, your well, thoughts? I was about to say if you think that Patrick Mahomes is going to have an easy day, he's not. And Jalen Hurts can have a super easy day. Lane Johnson's get off looks like a false start every single time. He's got the best guys in front.
1: Jaden, Matt, Nick, thank you so much. To kick off the show, we bring you one of the more experienced and recognized voices in sports radio, pre-half and post for Westwood One on Sunday and Thursday night football. It's Scott Graham sitting down with Jaden Becker and Matt Sossler to talk about his career at Super Bowl 57.
2: Scott, I spoke with you in a time where I didn't think I was going to meet you. I actually lost my AirPods in an Uber (laughs) ride on the way to the hotel, ended up running downstairs and ended up bumping into you guys with Westwood One. Happy to meet you there and happy that you're here
4: with us. It's great to be here. And, you know, this whole Super Bowl experience, it's changed over the years. It's gotten bigger. It's scaled back because of the pandemic. Now it's good to see everything back again. And this kind of vibrant coverage which keeps building and building during the course of the week. And, there's just so much to do for us we probably don't enjoy it as much as we could, but it, it's exciting to be a part of.
2: It's almost like a media buffet, if you will. You look <laughs> around, and it's like you pick and choose. You can see who's around. You see Jamar Chase walking around over here. I saw earlier uh, C.D. Lamb. So a ton of fantastic athletes. That, and, and not only that, a lot of media talent as well, just all in one spot here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. It, it, it's almost a dream come true for young broadcasters like us where we able to get an opportunity like this. Yeah, that
4: was an opportunity I never got way back when. Um, <laughs> You know, this was realized that you know I'm from dinosaur times, so this <laughs> didn't exist. The best that I got an opportunity to do in my college days was you know do a game on the radio, maybe host a sports talk show, but doing something like this just exposes you to so many other things. And yeah, I mean, the exciting part about being in the Radio Row experience or at the Super Bowl is you never know who you're going to bend a corner and run into. <laughs> um, it's it's fun. It really is, and. There's a reason why there's so much excitement and buzz around the Super Bowl. You can see it right now sitting here up close and personal.
3: And I got a question. Going through this Super Bowl in particular, you're a Philly guy. You worked with the Phillies for 16 years. You get to call or host a pre-off post with a team that's from a town that you spent so much time in. What's that mean to you?
4: It means a lot. I mean, I, I do some work for the Eagles. I do the preseason mm-hmm. games on television. And... You know i do some voice work for them i know a lot of people in that organization Um, my job for westwood one is to be the national down the middle (laughs) radio home of the nfl and as i've gotten older i've gotten a lot better at doing that i've gotten a lot better at taking you know and there's certain guys that it's easy to root for and it's fun to root for around the entire the national football league But my job specifically is to present all of it. So this morning, we took a ride out. The sun was just coming up. And I sat down for about 13 minutes with Andy Reid for our pregame show. And you and I are, wow, Joe Montana right over there. Um, Hi, Joe. Good to see you. (laughs) When I leave you guys in about an hour, I'm heading out to the Eagles team hotel. And I'll be doing the official sit down with Jalen Hurts. Um it's it's interesting. It's and and there's so many storylines in this particular Super Bowl because of the Kelsey brothers, because of Andy Reid's history in Philadelphia and Kansas City. Uh you know the the first Super Bowl with two black story starting quarterbacks. There's so many great storylines. It's hard to pick out a story to tell.
2: Here with Scott Graham of Westwood One, happy to have you here with us once again. Yeah. And Something that we're often taught at Ithaca College, and a lot of my professors that are going to be listening right now, are going to do backflips so they hear this. Media bias—that's something that they teach us to take it out of yourself. Because as as journalists, that's something that you learn. How long did it take for you to believe you're, you're uh, truly in a firm
4: spot? Well, it's interesting because you know I did what I did in college. Yeah. I was allowed to be biased. I was a, a, allowed to root openly root for my Penn Quakers <laughs> on the air. But you know. I did a pretty decent job of divorcing myself from that over the years, but I've also worked for entities, and that's a different story. My years with the Phillies, I was being paid by the team. So, you know, people knew, and I never said, we need a run here or anything like that, but people very clearly in Philadelphia knew who I was rooting for in that situation. But if you do a national game like I did on, you know, a football game like I've done on Fox over the years, you've got to call it down the middle, and it's... I don't know if it took me a long time to understand that, but it's it's much easier to abide by it if you go in with that mindset. Yeah. If you go in with the mindset, of, look, I've got listeners on both sides of this thing, and it's important to serve the audience entirely and not show a bias. It, it's not that hard to do. You mentioned Penn. Do you still follow Penn football? Do I still follow Penn football? I, Probably not as much as I should,
2: even though I live in the area.
4: We we got a guy
3: over two. there,
2: two guys over there now. Oh, oh my goodness, it's it's adding up. Ithaca College seems to be a pipeline from uh, the football coaching over to uh, uh, to Penn. Uh, most notably uh, is a former head coach of Ithaca College, uh, Dan Swanstrom, now uh, offensive coordinator at Penn. He was, I think, is a quarterbacks coach there. Now went left to go to Ithaca and then came back. Now people moving up the ladder, which which is pretty crazy to to see, but. Moving up the ladder in the broadcast industry, a lot of people talk about cutting your teeth and you got to work in maybe some small markets sometimes. Is there any stories that you have maybe from a smaller market that you like to share?
4: I, I've lived a charmed career um, because I got out of school after graduation, a week later I was working at a radio station in Wilmington, which was only, I don't know, yeah. 40 minutes away from where Penn was. And the next year I was working at a major market in Philadelphia. I started doing Phillies games. The first baseball game I ever did in my life was a Major League Baseball game. Wow. So I've wow. been just crazy fortunate. I, I never had to do the bopping around to small markets. The I just got very, very lucky. And, and you know, that's that's something that I... I can feel for from a number of people i've worked with in the business but it's not something that i had to experience so i might be the wrong guy to ask that question to um but working your way up i mean clearly it's been something that i've been working on for a long time from one level to the next and you know it's all about patience it's all about putting in the time it's all about getting reps i teach my own sports broadcasting class at rowan university And I can't tell them enough times that it's all about the reps. The number of times that you guys can do what you're doing right now, every single time it's gonna get you better, as long as you pay attention to what you did well and what you can improve on.
2: And when you look back on a broadcast, or let's say the Super Bowl ends and you're gonna look back on that, what are some key things that you're gonna be looking for that you did well or uh, things that you're looking back on in review of yourself? Did I tell the story
4: well? Okay that's the bottom line is that i tell the story well when you guys are wearing the headphones microphones that you're wearing right now you have one job it's mm-hmm. to be a storyteller and if i told the story well if we did it with the most support that we could if i made proper use of sound bites if i did the post-game wrap-up and got the highlights involved the right way if my interview with andy reed was good all of those things together that's what i'm listening back for when i listen now At age 57, I don't listen back as much as I did. (laughs) Back when I was doing it with you guys, I would carefully, painstakingly cut through each piece of tape that I had. Now I'll listen, and I'll listen back. If the Super Bowl is Sunday, maybe a month or so from now, I'll go back and listen to bits and pieces of it.
3: Now, I want to focus on the game, more so games in the past. We've had some wild Super Bowls over the past few years, games being decided in the last second or even in overtime. What goes through your head when you're starting to prep? Because it's not like it's a teeny tiny result. Oh, this team won, this team lost. It's it's a Super Bowl, and when things change in the last minute, what goes through your mind?
4: Well, because I'm responsible for doing the postgame show, I am – Charting the entire game as it's going on. I'm charting every drive. I'm making notes for what key plays were that might lead to a highlight because once the game is over and now Laura Oakman and Mike Golick are down on the sideline doing the interviews, and I'm throwing it to them, in between I'm saying, okay, we're going to use this highlight, this highlight, this highlight, and this highlight. I need to be able to remember the backstory for everything that happened. You're going to focus more intently as the game gets down to the end. Fortunately, you remember that a little bit better than perhaps a tipped ball that happened in the first quarter. But, yeah, it's the Super Bowl, so there's more focus that's being put on that. You, you feel the moment more, and you hope that your level of being able to describe it raises accordingly because it's the Super Bowl.
2: Here with Scott Graham of Westwood, one, happy to have you here with us once again. Do you have any fears when you put on the headset? Do you have any fears uh, stepping into the booth, or has it just come natural? Fears? Fears as in nerves. Fears as in um, a thought in the back of your head. That stopped
4: a long time ago. Okay. Um, I, what I feel is a little bit of a rush. I agree. You feel yeah. that? little it's bit like of a rush as you're getting in the closing seconds of here we come, we're coming on the air. There's that adrenaline rush, there's that anticipate uh, anticipation rush. I got a little bit nervous for three Super Bowls, I was the PA announcer. Um, and when Alan Roach couldn't do it Super Bowl 48 49 and 50 I was the PA announcer which is fine if it's just in the stadium you realize when you're introducing the National Anthem and everything else that there's 110 million people that are listening to what you're saying and I was afraid that not unlike John Travolta I was gonna screw up Adina Menzel's name but that was a little bit of a nerve thing the first time I cracked the mic in the meadowlands super bowl 48 doing that no i think it's it's absolutely much more of a it's a rush it's a it's the anticipation of here it comes and i'm excited about the fact that i'm going to be able to do what i'm doing it's more that than nerves anymore i i can't recall the last time i was nervous in the middle of a broadcast unless we were and this will happen in live broadcasting unless i happen (laughs) to be on the air and something went horribly wrong and i was trying to make something happen with equipment that was down or power that had been pulled, then you get a little bit nervous. But now, you know, I've done it so many times, no.
2: Okay. Understood. And I completely understand that rush feeling. I work in in live event hosting, and whether that's in front of a crowd of of 200 or 2,000 or 20,000, that rush never really goes away. Do you kind of find that rush is a reason why your your career has continued to grow?
4: Absolutely. I mean, I, I... I spent a lot of time doing baseball games and I did not like that job Um, I didn't like the job because I had a family I had young kids I was away days on end for six months at a time I was gone for half the time and when I was home I was at the ballpark Um, the rush came from the three hours I was on the air doing the game and that was the joy of doing it when it wasn't those three hours it wasn't that much fun to me there's still if you nail a call if you I, I mean this morning I walked out of the interview room with Andy Reid I did my job yeah, and thankfully Andy did his too um, that's a there's a satisfaction that comes with that it's hard to beat and you just I don't know your step gets a little lighter your smile gets a little brighter um, because you know that you got it right and Anytime you open a microphone and you've got that opportunity to do it the right way, yeah, it's exciting every time.
2: I'm not going to ask who you (laughs) think is going to win because I'm smarter than that. Um, But I will will ask you, what storyline are you the most looking forward to in this Super Bowl? I
4: mean, everybody is going to tell you that it's the Kelsey brothers, but they're never going to be facing off against each other on the field. Um, I honestly think the comparison between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts okay an established quarterback who's one of the best in the game now and might prove to be one of the best ever and a young man who in August and I was doing the Eagles preseason game so I know this to be true And I live in Philadelphia people were saying I'm not sure this guy's our franchise quarterback and we've watched what he's done and I've talked to him and it's a totally different approach to patrick mahomes approach in terms of how they present themselves but you're watching a quarterback grow into something maybe beyond what he even thought that he was going to be at this point the fact that you're doing that on the biggest stage the fact that oh by the way they're both black starting quarterbacks first in super bowl history i think that's going to be interesting and i'll go one with you i mean you didn't want to do it I think the Eagles are the better team. Okay. I think the Eagles are the more complete team. They're the healthier team right now. The wild card is Patrick Mahomes plays for the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> and the great equalizer, as they say. I, yep. I mean, I don't know, I saw him today. He said the ankle is as good as it's going to be. It's not going to be good, but it's as good as it's going to be. I know that the mad scientist Andy Reid has been cooking up whatever he can cook up. If it were anybody else, I would tell you the Eagles in a walk. I don't think that's going to be the case because I think the Kansas City Chiefs have been here and done this this many times for a reason. Scott Graham, we cannot thank you enough. It's my pleasure. Ithaca
2: College. Uh, I've been giving out honorary uh, alum degrees to people today, so here's your (laughs) sticker. Congratulations, this is your honorary. This is fantastic because (laughs) I worked for
4: a a period of time in my life with a guy named Neil Hartman who works in Philadelphia, graduate of Ithaca College, and... uh, Used to call it the uh, the Harvard of communication schools when we worked together. Um, I still believe that to be well, true. true. I still think true. he should aim higher, to be honest with <laughs> you. Because um, I went to Penn, Harvard. We don't. Okay, it, yeah, 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 big yeah. beef,
3: uh, big beef. So would uh, the uh, Penn of communication schools be? No, <laughs> honestly, no.
4: Nah, higher. I'm not even no. I'm not even that arrogant. I, it's you know, but leave Penn out of it. We were just fine. We did our we did our job. <laughs> we good. Uh, but it was fun. I, I really enjoyed it, guys. Thank you so much. for really appreciate
2: it. Best of luck to you Thank as you, well. Yep. Moving over to this Sunday. Thanks
1: to Scott Graham for hopping on with us. You can hear his voice during Super Bowl 57 on the pregame, halftime, and postgame show on Westwood One Radio. From the studio to the field, the Detroit Lions came just short of a playoff berth this year. The last quarterback to win a playoff game for Detroit, Eric Kramer, who's also the single-season leader in touchdown passes and passing yards, for the Chicago Bears, he sits down with Windy City aficionado Matt Sossler to chat about his journey and the Mental Health Touchdown
5: Initiative.
3: Let's start off with your playing career. You're wearing the Bears quarter zip. I got to say that's a personal favorite of mine. But your big- You're always going to make yeah. somebody happy yeah. if you wear something, right? Your biggest accolade, though, or at least what your pitch is, starts off with right here on the sheet of paper that we were given is you're the only Lions quarterback to win a playoff game back in 1991 and 1992. Talk about your time in Detroit and the Lions. They were oh so close this year.
5: Right. From getting in the door. And I was just talking about this earlier with somebody that had they won that game in Carolina where they got hammered, uh, they would have been in the playoffs and nobody would wanted to play them this year at the end of the season. And
3: Detroit and Chicago, speaking as a Chicagoan, we don't like each other. Right.
5: What <laughs> feet? Do you? Where, do, where are your feet? Well, I like I like both teams and I like both cities. Uh, I typically go back to Chicago more uh, because I, I guess I know more people there. My time in Chicago, um, Detroit, um, I never went downtown, so we played in Pontiac. Ah, that's right. And in the four, I was there in 90 also. So in those four years, I didn't go downtown one time. Where That's where the Lions are right now. So I went back there last year. My girlfriend and I went back and went to a game. And, so, um, and I think they're doing a good job now, a uh, really good job, in fact, of reaching out to former players. And so I see no reason why I wouldn't keep uh, going back there every year. And like I said,
3: you got the Chicago Bears swag on Talk about your time in the Windy City where you hold the Bears' single-season passing yard record and single-season touchdown pass record. It's becoming a bit of a trivia question right now, and <laughs> the Bears, I don't know. You, you answer this question. They seem to have solved their quarterback issue right now, but there's still a lot of work to do.
5: There is, but the one of the bright spots to me this year was Justin Fields because <clears throat> it's almost like he regressed when the season began and he to me other than Trey Lance was the worst quarterback in the league for about three or four weeks and then all of a sudden with the flip of a finger all or snap of the finger he was all of a sudden now who we associate him to be and which was his one bad game of the year was after that point was against the Lions and I think he just he gives a lot of hope not only to me But to the organization, and I think the entire city and anybody who watched the NFL this past season can see what kind of leader he is because of all the times on the sideline when he could have crumbled, didn't. And I think that story of overcoming the obstacles that are before you, that is the American success story.
3: Matt Sosser alongside former Bears, Lions, and Charger quarterback Eric Kramer here on 92 WICB. And you mentioned resilience and being able to just persevere, get back up. I want to talk about your mental health initiative here, the mental health touchdown. Speak about that a little bit for our listeners.
5: Okay, so that comes in two pieces. So initially my thought was to instead of waiting for someone to need a therapist when they're 40, 50, 30 even years old, uh, why not start with young kids and around the age of fourth, fifth, sixth grade and start to uh, engage them in the process of first, identifying what kind of characteristics at that age do you see in somebody that draw you to them? And little things, honesty, Maybe having your your friends back in certain situations, or being a good listener, and a-, a sort of a an active listener, and <clears throat> and then, which is diametrically opposed, right, to some of the things that we see at that age happening, which is cyberbullying or bullying to your face, or in some way trying to isolate you ber- against the crowd, and really, it's typically one person who does that, uh, and so being able to sort of Not only talk about them, but act these scenes out, both positively and negatively, that will eventually start to teach you and you can be guided how to recruit people that you're your age or even above your age to be on your, what we call, home team and people that can identify in you. Is everything okay with you? You know, even at that age. And, uh, and having sort of a niche people that will grow with you all the way through the end of high school. And therefore, what leads to depression and anxiety and a byproduct of that, or, or byproduct of isolation is depression, anxiety, and some of the things that, by being isolated, so we want to anti-isolate you and get you to have a group of friends that hopefully will be your own age or even above that you can go to in times of need. And I think that's, that's part of what this program is going to be. And where do you see this program going in the future? You're currently working with NFL
3: and college football players, the U S military. Do you see this growing?
5: I do. I do. And I think I was part of a zoom call, a zoom meeting a couple of weeks ago, and it was around the DeMar Hamlin, uh, uh, his on field heart attack. And what it turned out to be, it was a, thrown together at the last minute. And it was basically three people that would, included me, a guy named Ronnie Cyrus, who's, in, who's a retired military, and a college football player named Kevin Johnson, who played at Clemson, and a therapist. And I'm not even sure DeMar Hanlon's name came up. And what it turned out to be was, uh, I believe it was Dr. Martin, uh, Marcus, Martin I think is his last name, Mason, Dr. Marcus Mason. And um, and he just wanted everyone to kind of uh, introduce themselves in a way like, what draws you to be here today? And it, it ultimately ended with something, a PowerPoint-ish type presentation where it was uh, him discussing, here's some of the negative st- stressors in life that will uh, lead to your mental health going down. Here's some things we can do to combat it to keep it up I thought and my girlfriend thought what a great thing to continue doing and so through contacts that Ronnie Cyrus has within the military um, and that hopefully through various teams we can get connected to people that have either are playing or formerly played and start from scratch and uh, have it be a forum sort of like an Al-Anon where it's more people listening than talking and I think that open forum is somewhat uplifting for people. Mental health is such an important
3: issue in today's day and age. And uh, let's talk about your autobiography. It's coming out this fall, the ultimate comeback. Pitch it. What's the story of Eric Kramer that is why uh, people
5: should go out and purchase the book when it's released? Well, it deals with a little bit of everything. It's a, i actually played football, so it deals with part of that that part of my life. It deals with some of the um, hurdles that came along with that. You know, everyone thinks, oh man, what a great thing to have your name on the back of a jersey. Well, it comes with certain price tags and uh, a, a way to continue on despite that. And then there, it gets into a little bit of some of the tragedies that happened along the way too, of losing my son and eventually not long after my mom. and. About the time she passed away from cancer, my dad got terminally ill with cancer himself. And so, um, despite that, uh, I even attempted to take in my own life. And yet, here I am today, thank God, I, that, didn't, I, that was the best failure I've ever had in life. Because today and going forward, um, not only am I here for myself and my son and the people that were al- there for me in my recovery, but now I get to branch out and do things like what you just mentioned with the mental health touchdown program. And, and I, there's a, a passing camp that I'm putting together that's gonna be unlike anything I've ever heard of where it'll be people like me that have played division one college or pro and even coached in the pros and that want to get a, a, a camp sponsored so that really the video that gets produced out of this, the video series that gets produced, can be given and shown to participating um, local high schools that are typically underfunded. Not the big hotshot schools, it's the ones that have to play against them, and the kids and the coaches. And so I think that's, uh, you know, being able to give back in that way, it gives me a certain sense of purpose that I'm really grateful for.
3: We're here in Phoenix with former NFL quarterback Eric Kramer. He's also the leader of the Mental Health Touchdown program. But like I said, we're here at the Super Bowl. Thoughts on the upcoming game?
5: Well, um, (laughs) so had you asked me the upcoming games that were the championship games, I would've gotten them both wrong. But given here that since I played in 91, at the end of the 91 season, so January of 92, Got one game away from Super Bowl. and Played uh, the Redskins in NC Championship game. Got absolutely hammered, uh, but got close. And the Eagles now remind me a little bit of that Redskin team, where they're just solid top to bottom. Any side of the ball you take, they're they got some. Pr- they got they're good, really good. And so it's going to take a lot for the mash unit that is now the Kansas City Chiefs uh, to overcome that. So I just think. You know, if you pin me down for it today, I would say the Eagles win this game and uh, probably, you know, something like, you know, 28, 21, 28, 24, something like that.
3: So you think we are going to see another crazy Arizona Super Bowl ending? We had David Tyree in 2007, Malcolm Butler in Super Bowl 49. You think that's going to happen again?
5: I don't see why not. And if you think about it, what w- was it that when Kurt Warner was here in, in Arizona and played the Steelers, what? Where was that played?
3: That was in Tampa Bay with Santonio Holmes. It seems to be an Arizona thing. Whenever there's something with Arizona involved in the Super Bowl, buckle your seatbelts because something wild's gonna happen.
5: True enough, true enough. Well, let's hope for a good game nonetheless.
3: That's all we can hope for. Matt Sossler alongside Eric Kramer here on the Radio Real Review.
1: Thank you very much to Eric Kramer for his time and sharing with us. I mentioned earlier that the Detroit Lions fell just short of the playoffs this past NFL season. Part of that group was defensive end Michael Brockers who talked with Matt Sossler and I this afternoon.
3: And hey Michael, my first question is we're here at Radio Row. It's an immaculate vibe mm-hmm. here in Phoenix. You were at the Super Bowl in Atlanta a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Talk about this vibe and the overall aura of Radio Row, the media center, the whole thing in super bowl
6: yeah i've been through the radio row a couple of times throughout my career so uh for me it's 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 normal but i I love like how frantic everybody is you know everybody's trying to get a article everybody's trying to get a piece and uh i I love it i love it you know just trying to you know spread spread love and spread spread you know my own platform my own brand stuff like that
1: you spent a lot of your career starting in st louis then went to la now you're with the lions still a year left in your contract there Mm -hmm. that was a team that fell just short of the Mm -hmm. playoffs but the best we've seen the Lions do in some time. Right. So how do you guys plan to grow in the offseason? Because you guys seem like an up-and-coming team. Jared mm-hmm. Goff, Amon Ross, St. Brown. And, of course, you got Aiden Hutchinson the defensive line. How is that team going to grow in the offseason?
6: Man, I just think, you know, a, a lot of guys are locked in. The way we finished, I think a lot of guys are, are, are like – bought into like man we can do this we can win this division like it's it's not hard you know just do the same things we did you know towards the back end of the season we'll be okay so I think a lot of those guys believe that and they're, and they're young you know and I think De- you know the Detroit Lions would be good for a long time you know they find a lot of good talent young talent um you know later in the rounds that they're putting on the field that are producing and you see things like that I think it's great
3: And, of course, your leader, Dan Campbell, has been an outstanding coach since his arrival in the Motor City. Talk about him for a little bit.
6: Man, Dan is awesome. Man, Dan is awesome, man. He's he, he's going to rally those troops. I talked about it earlier on Good Morning Football, man. He's like that that king that, you know, he's going to take his troops into battle, and he's like, you know, getting everybody up, and he's going to be real with you. He's going to let you know, like, hey, everybody's not going to live after this battle, but, you know, I promise you, you know, everybody buys in. We're going to win this war. He's that type of coach, you know. He's going to build you up. He's going to make you feel good. He's going to do everything he has to do to get you to the game and, and, and execute and win.
1: You've had your fair share of big plays, played much longer than the average career in the yeah. NFL. As a veteran now, what do you wish you could tell your younger
6: self when you were a rookie, a second-year player in St. Louis? Man, um, you know, just, you know, stay into it, stay into it. I, I think, you know, uh, early on in my career I wasn't watching as much film as, as I should. I, I kind of started okay. that like year three on. I'll, I'll tell myself, you know, man, watch some more film. You know, study your opponent a little bit more uh, as a rookie. So, you know, just to just to be better. You know, I just think as a professional, it helped me in later in my years just studying film.
1: How much film is enough film, though? Because it, it depends on each player. Obviously, mm-hmm. the quarterback might watch a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But from a defensive line perspective, mm-hmm. what's the amount of film that you want to watch per week?
6: I mean, obviously, we're not quarterbacks, so we're not watching defenses, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, have a system into uh, watching your opponent. You know, you got five guys that you're possibly, you know, going against. Watch those five guys. Watch their sets. Watch, you know, how they come off the ball, stuff like that. So I think as a professional, you know, D lineman, um, watching those things and understanding, you know, who you're going against is very important.
3: Matt Sossler, Dane Richardson, Lions defensive lineman Michael Brockers. And, Michael, you're here at the Super Bowl Let's focus on the matchup here, Philadelphia and Kansas City, a battle that's going to come down to the line of scrimmage. What are some of your initial thoughts?
6: Man, uh, that Philly line, they have, you know, a first-round, you know, line (laughs) for like three lines, you know. I think they rotate like, you know, a hockey team, you know. They just pull a first-team you know d-line every quarter and you like i know that other o-line is like man these guys aren't getting tired you know and then they rotate and it's another fresh set of guys so for the most part man uh, i think uh philly has a, a great d-line but that takes nothing away from kansas city they have a great d-line as well they have you know chris jones he's a, he's a phenomenal player he, he'll make plays so um man i'm looking forward to it man, I'm, I'm really excited this it really feels like the best Two teams are playing in the Super Bowl right now, and, you know, you never know what's going to happen.
1: Michael, one of the things that the Kansas City defensive line has to do is contain the legs of Jalen Hurts if he's healthy Mm -hmm. enough to run the football Mm -hmm. and get outside the pocket. Mm -hmm. As a defensive lineman, how do they stop that? How do they keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket because you faced your fair share of running quarterbacks in your
6: day? Oh, man, it's it's a fine line. It's a fine line to to play that because you know, as a D lineman, I you you want to get after the passer. You know, you want to get after him, but you know, you don't want it. You don't want him just sitting back there baking a the cake, like we say too. You exactly. know, so um, it's a fine line to go. You know, to play to play on. You know. But every, I think everybody has to work together. That's what we talk about in the D-line room. If everybody works together, you got guys pushing pushing the pocket, and you have your, your defensive ends crushing it and, you know, collapse the pocket on them and, you know, make it make it hard for them to throw, throw the ball.
3: Matt Sossler alongside Dane Richardson and Lions defensive lineman Michael Brockers here on 92 WICB. Michael, my final question, two parts. One, who wins on Sunday? And two, are you going to be playing in Vegas next year?
6: Oh, man. Um, for me, so for, to your first question, man, biasly, I have a couple of guys that play for Philly that, you know, I'm kind of All rooting right. for that get a ring. Uh, Rob Quinn, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking, pulling for Philly to win. But, man, like I said earlier, man, I, I'm looking forward to a great game. I think, you know, these are two really good teams that that are really built really well. So they have, uh, they've both been in these Super Bowl games, so they understand what, 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 this, what comes with it and handling media week and stuff like that. So uh, I'm excited just to see the game.
3: Michael Brockers, defensive lineman for the Detroit Lions, for Dane Richardson, I'm Matt Sosler. We send it back to the rest of the Radio Row Review. Thanks so much to Michael Brockers as we wish him the
1: best of luck heading into the 2023 NFL season. We're here at the Super Bowl in Arizona, marking the fourth time it's been held in Phoenix. One of the most memorable catches, not only in Phoenix, but in Super Bowl history, is the helmet catch by David Tyree. The former Giant caught up with myself and Nick Lebrano as the champion remembers his shining moment 15 years later. 15 years later, and you've probably been asked a hundred times, and we've heard the story leading up into practice, your mindset, you hear that you're dropping passes in practice, and then you come up in the Super Bowl, and Everyone remembers that, it's 15 years later. You think of big catches, you think of David Tyree, Santonio Holmes, you don't think of much else. So take me through your mindset of that week and what are these players going through?
7: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they gotta be focused, they gotta be locked in, practice is obviously what gives you the confidence to be prepared. Um, I've always put the, the I've always put yesterday's performance behind me, whether it was positive or negative. And so that's really what you, you expect to, to make plays for your football team and that's at the end of the day when the lights are on, that's when you have to perform. So I was fortunate to come up. Obviously, Eli, he made the play of his, of, his, of his career as well. I make the play. You know, I call him Vanilla Vic. I'm the black guy who can't jump. And we got two miracles in one play.
0: David, take me through what was going through your mind when you had that magical play back sure. at Super Bowl 42. What was going through your head when you went and made that
7: catch? I got I to hold on to this sucker. <laughs> you know, honestly, it's, it's slow motion, obviously. You know, you're, there's, there's the scramble drill and all that leads up to, to the moment. But, yeah, you're trying to high point the ball. You go up, I'm mentally preparing myself for some uh, physical contact. And I had it, and all I knew was that I wasn't letting go. That's really it. I clinched, I didn't know that the ball was on the side of my helmet. And at the end of the day, once you know you got it, it really didn't matter. It was just like you know, I had to check the personnel and see if I was actually going to be in the game the next play.
1: Everyone remembers you and Rodney Harrison fighting for that ball. How often do people just see you and stop you and be like, "Oh my gosh, that's David Tyree." Do people does that happen still? A lot? It happens
7: once in the blue. I always, uh, if anybody notices me, in my face, I give them the crown of being a true blue, uh, because you know, like I said, I've never searched out the limelight. I've enjoyed the ride. I think I could say that. But um, you know, the helmet kind of you know serves as a mask too, right? So. Um, and, and the cool thing about New York is you can walk around New York City, and, and most for the most part, no one cares. <laughs> a lot of famous people in New York, yeah, yep.
1: of course. And one of my last questions outside of the NFL now, talk to me about your give back and catch camp.
7: Yeah, man, we just launched it actually right here in Glendale, Arizona. We had a, a great turnout, and it's really feed the dream, paint the reality. And that's it's, the catch camp is a journey, is my journey through sport. We give them foundational football, my career as a special teams player that paved the way to become that uh, a leader so we got leadership in the afternoon and careers in sports. We want to give we want to be provide a platform for the next gen athlete so that they could be at their optimal performance all the way throughout their life cycle.
0: And last question here David the big game, it's on Sunday. Who's okay. winning? Chiefs or Eagles?
7: Chiefs all the way They're my preseason pick. I think Patrick Mahomes obviously you know you got GOAT year, Michael Jordan year, twenty twenty three. But I think his competitive drive and the experience that the Chiefs have give them the edge. Um, amazing season by Jalen Hurts, though, and, and a, an amazing, one of the best rosters I've seen with the Eagles. It should be a great game.
1: David Tyree, thanks so much for the time here on 92 WICB. When you think of memorable Super Bowl catches, you think of Santonio Holmes, Julian Edelman, and, of course, David Tyree. Thanks so much to him for joining us. Tyree's catch was indeed a blast from the past, but we now get into current NFL news. Jaden Becker and I caught up with NBC sports expert Mike Florio. I want to ask about the Derek Carr situation first off. Do you think it's more likely he's released or that he's traded? Because I know that $40.4 million, one more week until that becomes guaranteed. So what do you think is the most likely scenario in that situation?
8: Yeah, and that money becomes guaranteed if he's on the roster come Wednesday the 15th. That means they have to cut him by 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday the 14th in order to get out from under that. And look, even if they have a trade lined up, they're still going to have that vest. They just will have a deal in place that becomes effective a month later unless the new team reneges on the deal which it can do has every right to do it it would be beautiful if someone did to Josh McDaniels what McDaniels did to the Colts five years ago when he had an unofficial deal and he eventually said no thank you before he signed the paperwork I think right now what's going to happen is he will be cut I don't believe he'll be traded I think this visit to New Orleans is just an opportunity for him to get a head start on the process. It's not in his interest to be traded. Look at it this way. If there's a team out there that would take on his contract and pay him the $40.4 million guaranteed and give the Raiders something in exchange, if you remove the something in exchange, then that team would presumably give him more as a free agent. He would get a better deal as a free agent if that team doesn't have to give up anything to get him. And if you can work out a situation where you've got multiple teams competing for your services, he's got a month head start before free agency opens, he'll be able to sign with any team, visit with any team, I think he's going to get cut before next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern.
2: Is there any teams that you've been hearing that might have big interest in Derek Carr as of late?
8: Well, I think the Jets are one of the teams that will be considering Derek Carr. I think that the Panthers would have to at least look into it, although I don't know whether or not new head coach Frank Reich is going to want to continue what has been that merry-go-round that we've seen with him with veteran (laughs) quarterbacks. Uh, The Buccaneers, potentially, depending upon what they want to do, the Texans, they resisted Derek Carr in 2014 because of his brother's experience with the team. The Saints make a lot of sense. Look, Derek Carr is available for a reason, and it's because he's been good enough but not great. So it's got to be a team that is willing to take on someone who will be good enough but potentially not great. So who falls in that category? The Saints do because what else do they currently have? It almost feels like a one or a two year stopgap. Let's see what he can do. Don't have high expectations. While we go about our process of finding the guy that's gonna be great. Every, and we've seen it in recent years. Teams are willing to part ways with quarterbacks who are good enough in search of a quarterback who's great. Carr is somebody who's gonna be good enough while you look for somebody who's great.
1: Here with Mike Florio of NBC Sports. The draft's a couple months away. Chicago Bears were that number one pick. You mentioned Houston as a potential, maybe a destination, where Derek Carr, they shot away from him before. But are you hearing that Chicago is kind of set on trading back from that because they still have Justin Fields? Is that the most likely scenario there?
8: I think so. I think it would be a mistake to move on from Justin Fields. He has shown he's the most dangerous running quarterback right now in the NFL. I consider draft picks to be lottery tickets. And when you scratch off a lottery ticket and you get a winner, you keep it. Justin Fields is a winner. You don't trade Justin Fields for more lottery tickets that you hopefully scratch off and turn into a winner. And think of the pressure that would be on a player. That's one thing that gets overlooked. There's already plenty of pressure on a player who was taken high in the draft, especially at quarterback. When you throw on top of it, you're following Justin Fields. That's more pressure. Just like Trey Lance, when you throw on top of it, he was acquired with three first-round picks. Plus, that's more pressure. I think you go with Justin Fields, you trade back, and you get more lottery tickets. Jimmy Johnson explained this years ago. It's not that he was a master at drafting. He just had a crap load of picks, and you're going to hit. Quantity is going to result in guys that can contribute. That's what the Bears need. Now, they tore it down last year. This year, they need to build it up.
2: Big game coming up this Sunday. Any predictions moving forward?
8: Well, I'm leaning toward the Chiefs just because of the Patrick Mahomes factor just that will that they have to win the culture that they have they just have a great organization top to bottom starting with ownership continuing with the front office Brett Feach has done a great job bringing in pieces to replace Tyreek Hill and also on defense they've got rookies who contribute they've just got a great team and Mahomes has that will that just elevates and one thing that Chris Sims has been saying all week that makes a ton of sense the Chiefs have been tested the Chiefs have been through some fires. When was the last time the Eagles were in a tough game? They had a cakewalk through the postseason. They beat the crap out of the Giants. Then they had the injury to Brock Purdy early on in the NFC Championship game. And I wonder how they're going to deal with adversity. We know how the Chiefs will deal with it. And there's just a determination. And I think Patrick Mahomes also understands if he's going to ever catch Tom Brady, this is his opportunity to get to number two. He had it two years ago. He didn't get there. If he doesn't get to number two now, can't get to number three, got to get number two. And it's been a great run for Mahomes so far. But if he's ever going to get up to a point where he's approaching Brady, he's got to get to number two now. So I give the Chiefs an edge just because of those intangibles.
2: Florio, thank you so much. you ever need help right. finding another table, notify
8: All right.
1: <laughs> Dane Richardson, Jaden Becker here with Mike Florio, NBC Sports. Mike, thanks for the time.
8: Thank you very much to Mike
1: Florio for joining Jaden and I. For a short interview, and to wrap up our show, we bring you one of the more powerful and influential women in sport media. Myself and Nick Lebrano chat with Kay Adams, former longtime host of Good Morning Football and current host of our own TV show on FanDuel TV, Up and Adams. Having your own show, was that a goal you had a long time ago? And, no. And, 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 and how is that going? Like, Tell me a little bit about Up and Adams on FanDuel TV, for those that don't know, and how you reached that goal.
9: Yeah, it wasn't a goal of mine ever to have my own show. I'm much more interested in hearing what other people have to say than sitting in front of a microphone or on camera and saying what I have to say and pontificating or grandstanding about anything. But I like conversation. I like fun. Um, Ten years ago, I mean, the world of of sports betting or digital or social or Twitter or TikTok didn't uh, exist. So it was. You want to go work for one of the networks, and my goal then was to work for NFL Media. I wanted to work for the league and represent the league, and I did that really well for years and years. And then I felt like I did enough good work there, and I sort of am anticipating this shift in the business that goes more in the world of your own content, podcasts, looking at what Pat McAfee did with Fanduel exactly. that Partnership. Um, and there's a lot of space there. There's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of excitement and Uh, We're having a great time. It's a startup, guys, so it's super, (laughs) you know, every day we're like, what are we doing? But that's sort of the fun part of it, and we have big plans coming, so it's really uh, exciting.
1: And looking at your show, this can be when in your days at Good Morning Football or on Up and Adam's tell me what are some of the best interviews that you've had and you were telling me a little bit before we started this that you like to let the players talk so what are some of the best interviews you've ever had
9: oh my gosh well we've had and i counted this yesterday for a project i was working on we've had just over 100 episodes of up and adams and we've had over 175 guests Wow! hall of fame so we have at least two sometimes three a day some tomorrow we have five guests coming on the show so as many voices as i can get so when i know that i can get And Eric Weddle on, you know, and I say, oh, well, I can get Gronk to come on around the same time and I can bring Gronk in and they can just talk to one another and chop it up and ham it up and 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 have their little discourse. There's nothing better than that to watch players relate to each other and sort of get the ball rolling. Um, And so I would say a couple of my favorite interviews this year. I mean, I started my show with Sean Payton. Knowing this was this adventure for him, this year off, this what am I doing next, this entrance into the sports media world. Uh, so I love talking to him. Chris Collinsworth is always amazing, but I love talking, the, the thing I love most is talking to the lesser heralded, lesser given spotlight players. And that to me is a Boston Scott who you know crushes the giants always takes care of business and <laughs> then leading into that next game against the Niners I wanted him I don't, I love Miles I love everybody you know, I love Lane Johnson I've had him but I wanted Boston Scott because I I said he just shined in this moment I want to talk to him more people need to know his story and if you can just get something out of a player that you haven't heard before or a different side of them that is my biggest win if that makes sense like everybody thinks you know Gronk's this big character but like there's depth to gronk if you watch my show on up at adams like you'll see him be like man in my early 20s i did this but now like he talks about his evolution and that is that is what i'm after
0: yeah and you know i'm personally curious what prompted you to want to get into the sport media space before you did end up you know hosting your own show before you were on good morning football what prompted you to get into the sport media space
9: i it, it sort of pulled me in to be honest it wasn't something that i was chasing I was always and am always very comfortable on camera. I, I don't really fluster. I don't have that, oh, you know, I, I have no fear, I guess. And I always enjoyed the stories of sports. So whether it was the Olympics, the NBA, I grew up in Chicago. So the Bulls, was, you know, when I was a very little kid, very huge in my life. Cubs never won. All of that. Bears were always, always the crappiest team in the world. But it was the stories that I really gravitated towards. And that's sort of what I look at the most. And there's no better place for that. There's no better better reality show than the NFL.
1: As you've grown in your career, Kay, what do you wish you could have told your younger self?
9: <gasps> oh, my it's, gosh. A, it's a loaded question. It could just go a different bunch of different ways. What would I tell myself? I would tell myself to be kinder to myself, and that is probably it. If Why? I if I could just pick one, because I think when you you know, you know any well not maybe not every young woman, but I think it's it's especially in this industry. You are hard on yourself, and, and I'm too hard on myself. Even now, I'll leave the set, and we'll have a great show, and I'll say, great, 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 I hated this. Let's fix I'm constantly striving to get better. And, they, and you know, the best advice or the best clarity I ever got on that was from a producer that was a very high-level producer who I owe a lot of my career to, and he said, your greatest weakness is your greatest strength. And my greatest weakness is that I never think that I'm good enough, and it's also my greatest strength because it's what sort of drives me. But I would say be kinder and gentler to yourself.
1: We're here with Kay Adams, host of Up and Adams on FanDuel TV every weekday morning here on 92 WICB. And you mentioned last week, I remember you talking about in the show, it was Women in Sport Media Day or Women in Sports Day. So- Girls and Women in Football Yes. What would you say to all those young women out there looking to get into the sport media?
9: I would say ask a lot of questions and challenge. I would say challenge, you know, in sports, I hate to say it, but things just stay the same way for a long time. This radio row has looked this way. For a very long time. Challenge. Can I have a tequila bar? Why not? They're trying to take it down, you know. Really? Oh, yeah. Actually? Of course. People are complaining. People are, you know, like, well, but you have to, like, let's have a conversation about why. Why can't it be a little looser? Why can't it be more fun? Why can't I, you know, whatever it is that I want to do? Why can't I change my hair six times during Good Morning Football? I didn't have time to do my hair today. So it's going to be up and down and crazy. And, like, that's just, the, or, you know, like my new examples, but I would say to any, just ask questions and challenge and also don't always listen to what people say. Choose the, choose the people that you love and respect and, uh, and listen to them. Nicholas, Uh, we're running against the clock. I see you. Uh,
0: just looking through your career, what has been the biggest challenge for you? Oh
9: my gosh. That's one of the best questions I've ever been asked. Nicholas, the biggest challenge is getting people to be as interested in risk as I am. I think. Getting people to be progressive, getting get uh, getting through to people, uh, would probably be the hardest. I'm not a very good you know it's a biggest I'm not a very I'm not good at playing the game. Yeah. So there's a game that has to happen when you're here and you uh, gotta like be man. and you know everyone's I am I just I want my work to speak for me and I've realized that's probably been one of my biggest flops of my career, is that I'm not at the happy hour, I'm not shaking hands and kissing babies as much as I, I should have. Because it, it, let me just tell you, it matters.
1: Before you go, we're gonna do a few fun questions. Yay! With I you. know, jeez, so I'm
9: sweating over here. So
1: We <laughs> had to ask you a little bit about your career, learn about how you got to where you are, but yes. we'll start with, do you, Kay, do you have a celebrity crush?
9: A celebrity crush? Dermot Mulroney, you don't even know who he is. No, I do Look not. it up, Dermot Mulroney, my crush. Okay, go, on.
1: go to coffee order or are you a coffee
9: black drink? coffee hot boring boring.
1: It just wakes you up every is it Is I it an it, everyday
9: thing? I have it like 10 minutes into the show Really? Yeah, so I don't have it right be away Yes, because I do, I'm not hungry before the show and if I drink too much coffee my I'll be jittery Who
0: at FanDuel TV would run the fastest 40 times?
9: Um, um Darius Butler Darius Butler got to Arizona and was doing box jumps yesterday. He would absolutely crush that
1: Okay if you had to describe yourself in three words, what would it be?
9: Loyal, direct, generous.
1: Very, very nice, very nice. Yeah. Of course, and we would agree. We would agree, of course. And the last fun question, if you had a superpower, what would it be?
9: Oh, my gosh, a superpower. Now, I always ask these questions. I never answer them. If I had a superpower, it would be to be over 5'1". <laughs> That's all I would want. <laughs> Do you guys see these shoes? Yeah. So I'm. I'm how I'm many? A,
1: how many? Just out of curiosity, how, how many, many inches, inches are those? This heels? had to be
9: seven, seven, six or seven. So God. now you're. I just f- want to say, can I say something? I think Ithaca College is so great, and if I was a student <laughs> and I had to pick between Ithaca College and I don't know, let's say like a Syracuse or something, <laughs> I would just pick. Ithaca College, because it sounds like <laughs> where you go to have a well-rounded education in communications. You're
1: completely correct we, right we there. We appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I actually picked Ithaca over Syracuse. Oh, you so. go to Ithaca. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I know really. that was kind
9: of random that I said that, but it was really. just really. on my heart this, I, oh, this I, I, It was, of course.
1: Syracuse, so. Got it, yeah. Just on your heart. And, of course, the last big question Tell we have me. for you, The game beh- right flip behind you. Flip a coin. Kansas. Flip a coin. You I know not You have to have a Couldn't care
9: less. Couldn't care less. Wow! Why? The, the Do you know how freeing it is to not? It's like when you're. It's like when you lose your fantasy playoffs and you're like week seventeen, you have nothing. You're great. You're just watching and like drinking and eating popcorn. Like, this is, this is, I've got nothing. If the, if the Bengals were playing, I'd be stressed out. If it was like the Bears or the Saints or the like, I love the Chiefs. I'm rooting for a dynasty. I love Patrick Mahomes. I love the Hunt family. I love everything. I love the Eagles. I want Sirianni to win. I want to see Jason Kelsey get another. I want I want all those things for all those players, too. And Howie Roseman, what a set. It's so equal, my love for both of them. And you can't tell me it won't be a heck of a game and it won't be a high scoring game and it won't be, it's hard to call this game. Yeah. What are you going to, who, who, what? Uh, Eagles because of offensive uh, line, you're really going to pick the better offensive line with Patrick Mahomes on the other side. I don't know.
1: I'm not picking the better offensive line. I I think the Eagles defense is going to be able to make some plays. I know they haven't faced a quarterback like Patrick yeah. Mahomes, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones. But I think that side of the ball, and you remember, it's not the same offensive line Brady, as the Bucs. They did it those waves. Exactly. And I just think the Eagles have too much talent all around the field. All They're those the better team. Guys.
9: That, that's why I'm going uh, okay, with Okay, so well, the Bengals were the better team last week, so that two weeks true. ago. So you talked to me about X-Factors, and all of a sudden, number 95, Chris Jones is getting home. I'm not saying he's going to pulverize that offensive line with the Eagles, but it'll come down to a total trench thing as it always does in these big games. But there's something about the intangible specialness of Patrick that's hard to take it away from him and Andy. 100%. I don't know what's going to happen. I better see a Philly special out there, though. That's all I'm saying.
1: Philly special. Might see it again. Super Bowl 57 should come down to the wire. Radio Row Review Show. Nick Labrano, Dane Richardson with the wonderful Kay Adams. You awesome. Big thanks fan. so much for joining Big us. Fan, go to for college. Me. Thank you so much to Kay and thank you for joining us on day three of our Radio Row Review Show. Special thanks to General Manager of Television and Radio Operations at Ithaca College, Jeremy Menard. Our contributors this evening, Nick Lebrano, Jaden Becker, and Matt Guests: Scott Graham, Eric Kramer, Michael Brockers, David Tyree, Mike Florio, and Kay Adams. Lastly, thanks to WICB station manager Connor Hibbert. Be sure to tune in tomorrow morning at 946 Eastern and tomorrow afternoon at 246 Eastern for our big game updates as well as tomorrow evening's Radio Row Review Show at 7 p.m. For our entire WICB crew in Phoenix and in Ithaca, I'm Dane Richardson. Have a great rest of your night.